Welcome to Professionally Fit with Lisa A. Smith and Jamila Struthers. Professionally Fit is dedicated to fit and aspiring to be fit professionals who are soaring in their fields and in their enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. We delve into issues surrounding fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, parenthood, relationships, and much more. Welcome to the show. At the end, 
the end of the class where you lay on your mat and you close your eyes and you're really zenning out her and the other three yogis they went around the class and they gave everyone private massages and it was just so perfect the perfect way to kick off my birthday and so for that terry i want to send so much gratitude to you from the bottom of my heart thank you so much namaste (laughs) so that was my way what for today guys i mean yesterday was amazing we followed that up with um, lunch at Detroit Vegan Soul. So if you guys have not been to Detroit Vegan Soul, check it out. It is absolutely delicious. Um, and it's owned by two black women. And it's absolutely phenomenal. Everyone enjoyed their food. And so that was a great time because I was nervous because everybody in the squad is not vegan or plant-based. But everyone was able to come out with it with a new experience. And a couple people, I meant to tell you, Terry, like two people after the class was like, where does she teach? Can I take her class here? I want to sign up for yoga. So literally, we converted some folks over to yoga. Yes, it was amazing. And um, and so, guys, after Detroit Vegan Soul, we did what's called a crazy dash throughout downtown Detroit. It's like this mobile app that you download, you pay for like a couple people, and it sends you clues to your phone and kind of sends you throughout the city on like a scavenger hunt. And that was really, really cool. Then we had a private wine tasting at the House of Pure Revenge. Um, which is also owned by a black woman. So that was amazing. Um, and then we went across the tr- street to Detroit is the New Black for this African dance class that they had. And we had um, some cocktails at Central Bar, which is one-third owned by Dennis Archer. So, I mean, it was just a day full of support of black-owned businesses. And I was just so, so grateful to be surrounded by so much love. And it was amazing. So thank you and shout out to all the beautiful ladies who supported me um, last night. And Terry, especially to you for making my day and jumping off and making it super special. So, okay, so that's my wait what. Um, Guys, as always, we're going to dive into this phenomenal interview with Terry. I cannot wait for her to share her story and so much great information with you all with regard to health and wellness and mindset when you're dealing with a chronic illness. As always, any questions, chime in, you can give us a call here at the studio at 248-281-3113, 248-281-3113. So, Terry, I'm going to let you start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, when you got diagnosed with breast cancer, how old were you, and what did your life look like at that point? Were you married with children, a full-time career? What did it look like? Ooh. Well, let's see. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working. I'm a physical therapist, and I had a very physical job. Um, After that, um, I did some meditation, and I prayed, and I decided not to do anything right away. Okay. Um, I did have a mammogram, and then they did a biopsy. During that time... I think as a as a female with breast cancer, because males can get it also. Yes. Um, you go through a lot of different emotions. Mm-hmm. You can go. Um, you can be super high. You can be super low. I think it's your support system that you have around you. Mm-hmm. But to me, you have to go internally. You have to say what you know what your goal is. How are you going to fight this? And I'm not going to give up. And that was my, that was my uh, plan. So once I was diagnosed, I spent a day in silence and meditation. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know what, I came out fighting with my cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I was already partially plant-based. And I decided to go raw vegan. Okay. And raw vegan is just basically your food is not cooked. Okay. Okay, everything is raw, um, and it is not, if it is cooked, it's dehydrated at 110 degrees. Okay. A lot of wheatgrass, a lot of raw juices. Um, I did that, so I was diagnosed in October of 2013, Mm -hmm. and I did that until December of 2013. Okay. At that time, my cancer had shrunk considerably. Um, it was in the right breast, and it had shrunk considerably. From the two months of being raw vegan. Yeah. So what percentage 
well, how do they determine, like, or what, what stage were you in when you were diagnosed? I was diagnosed in stage two. Okay. Mine was, my, my breast cancer was estrogen dominant, which means that the estrogen in my body was feeding the cancer and making it grow. Mm. And estrogen, I have to say, comes from food. Genetically yes. modified food, yep. especially soy. soy yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and and trying to be plant based and eating um, tofu and tempeh at that time yes. was not good for me. Yep. But I didn't know that. Right. Um, so my I had a fourth of my breast covered with cancer. It had shrunk like maybe twenty five percent. Okay. In two months. Yep. In okay. two months. But I was putting in wheatgrass on my chest mm-hmm. where the cancer was. I was taking it internally, the wheatgrass. Yes, right. So when you say, just for our audience members to understand, you were using wheatgrass mm-hmm. as for medicinal purposes to treat the cancer. Exactly. Did you know about wheatgrass as a treatment before? Is this something you researched and found out? Well, um, I, no, I'm going to go there. I um, am a raw vegan chef, mm-hmm. and my brother got colon cancer six years before this Mm. and he lives in New York and so I wanted to heal my brother so I went to a raw vegan community and learned how to cook raw Mm. but what happens when you're raw vegan is it's you need that support of the community and if you live in a cold climate eating raw vegan for periods of time can can make your body feel cold so I tell people unless you're sick you know, to get the nutrients that you need to make sure you're doing it properly, right? eat high raw or eat a lot of greens or a lot of plant-based, but then add the cooked soups and that kind of thing. Okay. So that's what I had went back to. I had okay. went back to being um, vegetarian. Okay. Because I would eat eggs and fish and that kind of thing every now and then. Okay. So you weren't a complete stranger to a plant-based lifestyle prior to your diagnosis. And that's funny because it was probably almost like you being prepared for mm-hmm. what was to come. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I and there is a genetic link. I was genetically tested, and it came back nonspecific. So what that means is that I could be, uh, have cancer from genetic disposition, or I couldn't. So it basically undetermined. Undetermined, right. Okay. So my brother had colon cancer, and there is a link between colon cancer and breast cancer. Mm. But his came back nonspecific. Interesting. Okay. So um, after I found out that the, uh, my breast cancer had shrunk, I said, oh, okay, well, you know, I can be candid. I said, oh, I'm going to keep my boobies. I'm not going to have to go through anything. It's right. going to be. And so um, my doctor suggested that I get an MRI. Now, most women with breast cancer do not get an MRI. Okay. You don't. Um, they normally do a mammogram and then an ultrasound. Okay. But she said, you know what? You're young. You're only 48 years old. Mm -hmm. Let's do this mammogram. So when they did the mammogram, they found something in the left breast. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was like, okay, what am I fighting for? This is, you know, I'm I'm trying to keep my breast. I'm trying to keep this this tissue Mm -hmm. that is so porous that that cancer just loves. Mm -hmm. They love the, you know, the the ducts in the breast. Mm -hmm. So anyway... I just decided at that point in time that, um, and, and Angelina Jolie had already had her double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not been tested yet, mm-hmm. so I had not um, had my genetic testing at that time. Okay. So I decided um, at that point to get a double mastectomy. Okay. So double mastectomy means you're getting both of your breasts removed, mm-hmm. right? And by removing both both of your breasts at that time, being in stage two, mm-hmm. this meant that you would be removing the cancer, and ideally, you should be cancer-free post mastectomy. Correct. Okay. So, what were your other treatment options at that time? Let's say you decided, I don't want to do the mastectomy. Were there other options to get rid of the cancer? Yes. I could have had a lumpectomy. Okay. And that's where they take the cancer out, and they use these things called margins. So if the cancer is, say, five centimeters, they're going to go seven centimeters around, and then they'll do um, another mammogram and make sure that the margins, there's no cancer in those margins. You have to be margin-free. Okay. Um, I could have done that. 
I could have kept my breast and kept on doing the raw vegan. Right. Um, against my doctor's wishes. Okay. Um, and that's really that, that I know I could have went to Gers. There's so many things that are outside of the U.S. that you can go to. Um, there's a, there's a place in Mexico that you can go and you can actually get treatment, but you pay for it. Right. That's interesting. Okay. And I, and I always wonder about is it effectively the only option when you have breast cancer in Brazil. Okay. So when we, um, return, we're going to talk a little bit more about how diet impacted it. Then I want to know a little bit more about, um, why your doctor, your doctor advised against going that route. Okay. You're listening to Professionally Fit here on the Motor City Walk Radio This is Lungi Moore. Make sure you listen to my Girl Squad Radio. Join us every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on MotorCityWoman.com or download the TuneIn app and type Motor City Woman. Are you ready to launch the third annual launched a Women's Entrepreneur Branding Summit presented by the She Is Project is here. No boring workshops here. Launched is a mad fun one-day summit for entrepreneurial women that educates them on being innovative, thinking next level, and successfully navigating their businesses for growth via interactive and practical experiences that are fun and memorable. We're two parts business, one part party. There is one-on-one speed coaching with business experts, business storytelling, how to be an influencer or public speaker, boss-on-boss chat, a DJ, shopping, and more. Come learn, network, and get inspired on Saturday, November 5th at MASH Detroit. Learn more at www.launched-experience.com. Now who's ready to get launched? now tune in to Destined for Greatness radio show, your afternoon drive. I'm your host, Miss Monet, the diva. My show will inspire, empower, and motivate women with insight on various women topics and issues, health awareness, fitness, education, and a special word of the day, along with giving them insight on what's going on in the community, politics, sports, entertainment, special guests, call-ins, giveaways, and highlighting our great women here in the Motor City on our Business Beat segment, as well as helping women lead more impactful and fulfilling lives as we usher them into their greatness while listening to great music on the go or relaxing during their afternoon. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday and Friday from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on MotorCityWoman.com. Welcome back to the show, Fit Professionals. You're here with Lisa A. Smith, um, professionally fit on the Motor City Woman Radio Network with my special guest and great friend, Miss Terry Gibbons. And we are talking about her experience with breast cancer here on this last day of October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so, Terry, you were talking about the options that you had when you were initially diagnosed in stage two um, and the options you had for treatment. And you started off on your own with the raw plant-based, raw vegan diet. Um, and just within two months, you were able to see a 25% reduction in the cancer. And then once they found cancer in the left breast, you then decided to do a double mastectomy. Um, so you said initially that your doctor, now was your doctor against the raw vegan altogether or against using it as the only treatment for the cancer? My doctor was, I don't know, she... She said, oh, well, you know, you could do this, you could do that, but I want you to make a conscious decision at the end when she saw the shrinkage. When I told her at first before what I was going to do, yes, she was against it. Okay. Then after she saw some improvement, she said, oh, well, what have you been doing? I said, well, I've been working out, I've been eating right, you know, I didn't go all into it. And then that's when she decided, let's do the MRI, let's make sure the left because she knew that I, at that point that I was leaning towards not having surgery. Okay. 
Okay. So why you said before that most women who are diagnosed with breast cancer do not have an MRI. So it's not under what circumstances would an MRI be required or suggested by a physician? Um, normally, when women have breast cancer, they don't do anything with the other breast. So it's, it's, it's like when you do, if you're doing one side and you're not doing the other as mm-hmm. far as checking it deeper. Right. The, the MRI goes deeper into the tissues, and they're very, very costly, and you have to get a doctor's script to get one. So normally they don't do it to go deeper into to see if you have anything else going on with your body. Oh. Now, they do do a PET scan, but I wasn't a candidate for a PET scan. They only do those for, for people who are further along in their cancer. Okay, okay. So when you so the, the only way you discovered um, cancer in the left breast is through the MRI? Mm-hmm. What if you hadn't had the MRI? Could that cancer in that breast have been progressing without you knowing, exactly. and it could have potentially been too late at some point? Exactly. Wow. Now, there are um, other techniques I I didn't mention. I was getting a thermal scan, and and a lot of women who are are more holistic, Mm -hmm. um, it is a way of um, checking to see. It goes deeper, and um, it's not as invasive to see if you have any type of things going on with your breasts, and it's only done for breast cancer. But um, you have to have a physician who reads it. So if you don't have a physician that will read your thermal scan report, because you can go to the thermal scan facility in Birmingham, and there's one in Ann Arbor. Okay. They will do it for you. Okay. And it's very extensive. However, you have to have a doctor to read it. They don't read it for you. Explain to the listeners what exactly a thermal scan is. Okay. I think they've changed it since I've had it. But actually, you put your hands. It's like a, it's like a um, very intense ultrasound. Okay. You put your hands in cold water. It changes your body temperature. Mm-hmm. Then they use this thermal scan. And, and if, if you've ever seen the scans where it's come, you got like a purple and a yellow mm-hmm. and a red, it just shows where heat and, 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 and injury is to your body. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really invasive. And it's really, really the technology is super high. It kept saying there was something in my left breast. Wow. But they could not. They didn't see anything in the right. Okay. Because it was so large. Oh. And I didn't have anyone at the time to read my thermal scan. So why did you get a thermal scan? That was off your own research? Your doctor didn't recommend it, didn't mention it? No. Yeah. And see, I skipped a year of mammograms. So what, I, what happened was I was doing thermal scans. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a mammogram one year. And then when I went, when I got married, and I got, went back to have a mammogram, mm-hmm. that's when they found it. Mm-hmm. The thermal scan kept saying, yeah, when I would read the report, it would say something on the left. It would say something on the left, but it, it wouldn't. Um, I didn't have anybody to read it, interpret it for me. Right. And now that's really. I'm sorry, I get angry about stuff like this, but it really seems like. All of your options should be presented to you. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe a thousand percent that we all need to be invested in our own health and do our own research. I don't care if a doctor prescribes you a med for a severe headache. I feel like you should research it and know what it is, know what you're putting in your body. But at the same time, as we rely on our physicians and our doctors to be the experts in our lives on these things, why wouldn't all these things be laid out for you? Did you tell her you had a thermal scan eventually, mm-hmm. and what did she say? She said, I don't read thermal scans. Um, I don't know. I've heard of them, and I don't know anything Basically, about them. Basically, she doesn't know anything about it. No. But you have to remember, doctors do what's called practicing medicine in their scope. Right, in their scope of practice. So to go outside their scope is your responsibility. Mm. That's really heavy, and I am going to repeat that. Doctors do what's called practicing medicine within their scope or within their specialty. So to go outside of that is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's really heavy and large because one of my main concerns with medicine, and as I prepare to enter medical medical school myself in the research I've been doing, when when a doctor goes into a certain specialty, that's typically what they focus on 
that's what they they don't look so if you're a gi doctor gastrointestinal right and the person's having gastrointestinal issues or whatever your doctor is just going to look at the gi and say well this is where they're not going to necessarily look at the brain they're not going to look at you know none of that is going to come into play you know and so a cardiologist, you know, you, it might be something from your heart, it might be something from your brain, it could be indifferent. But the, the my issue with specialists is that they focus on their specialty, and if you need to know what's going on there, oh, I don't do that, you need to go there. You look up. I've had clients who have like four or five different doctors, but all this stuff is interconnected and interrelated. Yes. And I so, saw nine doctors. Are you serious? Nine. What? And that doesn't include plastic. That doesn't include reconstruction. And that doesn't include anything cosmetic. But and so that in and of itself had to be exhausting. I can only imagine. And I'm I'm gonna assume, but I'm just gonna ask just for factual purposes: Was any of the information you receiving from these nine doctors conflicting at times? Yes. Radiology. Um. A a radiologist. Radio. Um. I'm sorry, the oncologist and the radiologist. So the radiologist does radiation, and the oncologist prescribes a pill. Right. But you have to see, I had to see a breast doctor, I had to see a plastic surgeon, I had to see a radiologist, I had to see a, um, and if you didn't like them, or you didn't feel their energy, I'm all about energy. Yes. I would move on to, I saw three breast doctors before I decided, because the breast doctor only removes the breast. The plastic surgeon comes in and does his part, and then the oncologist comes in and does his part. Then if you have to have radiation, they come in and do their part. Oh, my goodness. That is so crazy that everything is so compartmentalized like that. It's not like that in other countries. It's not. I mean, that is insane. And just handling the stress of the illness in and of itself, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, financially. Mm-hmm. And now you have to try and sift through all this information that you've been given, research on the back end, decide whether or not you want to, you know, try your own thing or take their advice. I mean, that had to take a really big toll on your family. Yes, it did. But what most hospitals do have is called a nurse preceptor. And she kind of helps you coordinate everything together. Okay. Um, who to go to, what you need. But it's ultimately your responsibility. Patients have to take their own health care into their own hands. Yes. And you cannot leave it up to physicians and other people to make those decisions for you. You, you simply can. cannot. You mm-hmm. simply cannot. You know, there's everyone says, my doctor said, my doctor said, no. my doctor said. But I'm no. You, the, the final decision should not end with the last thing your doctor said. Mm-hmm. You know, these should be suggestions, even with something as severe as cancer, especially with something as severe as cancer. Yeah. And so let me ask you, you when you were first diagnosed, um, you were in stage two. You never had radi- a, uh, radiation or chemo. No, never. Were they ever suggested to you and you decided not to? They were suggested to me. Um, and I decided not to. And why is that? Um, well, I just think that when I, when it was that time, I medit- I always go back to meditation and prayer. I had the right mindset. I said, I'm, I came out fighting mm-hmm. with two, three flat boxing gloves. That's I said, right. I said, I'm not going to let this illness dis- destroy me. But what else, Lisa, the most important thing is that I said, I have to take my own health care into my own hands. Yes. So once you go into stillness and once you meditate, so prayer is you asking God for what you want or whoever your higher power is. And stillness is waiting for the answer. Meditation is waiting for the answer. Mm. So that's what I did. And that's how I got my answers. And I have to say, this has been a beautiful journey I have not had. Even when there was adversity, even when I had pain, it was still a beautiful journey because I grew so much within that journey. Wow. I'm a better person. Yeah. And for you to be able to acknowledge that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? For you to be able to see the lesson and the growth in it just speaks to who you are as an individual. Because a lot of people take diagnosis and things like that and become it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they own that and they make that a part of their personality and, and they that's how they identify themselves not me and that's a big deal
So let's shift really quickly into mindset because I think a lot of people really underestimate the power of your mindset when you're dealing with a chronic illness or any adversity in your life. You know, um, you lose your job or something happens to a loved one. We really underestimate the power of how you think about your situation. I think that you have to go deeper, and and that's why I practice yoga. You have to go deeper and find that inner self. Yes. I believe that we're not made on this earth to sit here and do it alone. So however you need to do it. But for me, Mm -hmm. a a spirit came from up and within and said, you know what? I'm going to hire me a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to surround myself with positive people in a positive atmosphere. And I'm not going to let anything or anyone steal my joy. And I'm still going through surgeries. Still. This is 2016. Yes. My surgery was 2014. Yes. And I, I've, I've went another route. So I just know that for me to keep my will going, yes. I need yoga. I need meditation. I need prayer. I need positive energy. I need the vibration of my food to be at a higher level. Please say it again. The vibration <laughs> of my food needs to, to be on a higher level. level. Eat real food. People don't even understand how what you put in your body can actually play a major part in how you think, mm-hmm. your temperament, mm-hmm. your attitude, the energy you put off, and the energy you let in. Literally can be determined by what you feed your body with. Yeah. That's the only way I beat it. I'm, a, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's the food. The, the food put me at a higher vibration for mm-hmm. me to hear the spiritual, the, the, the yes. message. You unclogged. Yes. No Pe- brain fog. No brain fog. No brain fog. I love it. We are literally guys. Stop clogging up not just your arteries, mm-hmm. okay? But stop clogging up your mind mm-hmm. with this fat, this grease, this sugar. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not going to function on a higher level cognitively, spiritually, or intellectually Amen. if you feed crap and dead and death to your body. Bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. You have to feed your body life. Your water should even be living. Yes. Some kind of alkaline, yeah. ionized, Absolutely. something. Yes. And that's what we need to spend our money, our time, and our focus on, especially when you're trying to heal from any chronic disease. Yes. Any chronic disease. Diabetes heart disease especially anything and all you have to do is just stay consistent it's gonna be a little rough we make it sound so easy terry <laughs> we make it sound no. and i know we we always say stuff like all you have to do <laughs> it's gonna be tough yes it's gonna be tough but if you think that your quality of life would be better if i just if i just start drinking more water yeah. if i cut out the red meat is taking it in baby steps it's at a time you don't have to be extreme like me no but what i do advise people is don't wait do not wait till something happens and then start yes don't wait for a diagnosis start now please so be preventative is what we're saying stop waiting for somebody else to tell you to care about your life Stop waiting for my doctor. Stop waiting for you, you know, for you to see somebody else going through it and you all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I need to get my stuff together. Right? So Lisa, let me tell you this. You and I found this. Right. How can they find it? How can people who grew up a certain way and ate us you know, I eat like my mom. Right. Or I can't give up the sugar. Sugar feeds cancer, guys. Hundred percent. Sugar fee- and carbs turn into sugar, refined carbs. Anyway, <laughs> so the thing is, is that how can, how can, I'm, I'm a beginner. How, how do people, do they go to your website? Do they, what do people do? So here's the thing. The very first thing you have to do that can't be done by anybody else or with any assistance is to make up your mind that you want to change. That's the first step. Okay. Is to say flat out, because maybe you don't know how to do it. Believe it or not, getting the knowledge and the steps on how to do it is the easy part. The hard part is making up your mind mm-hmm. and making a, a firm, intentional decision to make a change, right? So you know you're overweight. You know you don't have a healthy relationship with food, right? Meaning you undereat, you overeat, you emotionally.
emotionally eat, you know, most of us know our main issue. I know I'm addicted to sugar, or I know I shouldn't be getting my dinner and lunch through a drive-through window every day, right? So, okay, so you make up your mind, and I'm not going to wait for a diagnosis, right? Maybe you already have been told that you're pre-diabetic, your cholesterol is creeping up, you know, your blood pressure is creeping up. So you make up in your mind that I need to make a change. If you do not have the support circle or anyone around you who is living a healthier lifestyle that can walk you through it, absolutely, guys, get help. Whether that's going to come from a personal trainer, a nutritionist, you know, we have a great online course called Plant-Based Plus that walks you through six weeks on how to slowly transition into a plant-based diet. But regardless of where it comes from, you know you have to make a change. You can do a lot of these things on your own by simply giving up the sugar a little bit at a time, starting to drink more water a little bit at a time. If you if you don't exercise 15 minutes a day, you know, but you have to make up in your mind first and foremost that I am ready to make a change. Then be willing to invest in yourself. Please, if you're willing to eat out, five or six times a week, if you're willing to go hang out and party and shop, you know, it always amazes me that people are willing to spend all this money on clothes and shoes and makeup and events, things that they get seconds of, things that they could always do. If the purse strap breaks, they can always return it. You know, if if they missed an event, they can go next year or next week. You know, we are always willing to invest money and see value in things that we get seconds of. You don't get a second shot at life. You don't get a second body. You get one body, one life, one shot at this thing. Be willing to reroute some of that money to the one life that you get. If you don't know where to begin with exercise, if you don't know where to begin with the healthy eating, and we're not asking you to go plant-based, just clean it, get the grease and fast food out of there. Stop eating, stop feeding your body through a takeout container. Guys, acidic environments is where cancer thrives. And what is an acidic environment? An acidic environment in your intestines is usually caused, the most acidic environments are caused by meat and dairy. Mm -hmm. But when you're eating all of these dead things and processed things, you're creating an acidic environment in your body, in your intestines. And that is where cancer and chronic disease thrive. When you're loading up on the dairy, you're creating mucus in your body. Mucus is the number one carrier of bacteria and disease in your body. You get mucus in your body. You get mucus in your brain. And so when you clean up your diet, whether you have a diagnosis or not, you significantly decrease your chances of cancer or any other chronic disease. I agree. So, Terry, tell, let's talk really quick because I want to talk about your support system because I know early on um, you didn't have a lot of support or you didn't think you, you didn't get the support that you thought you would get specifically from your family. And so if you don't mind sharing a little bit about how that affected your journey. Well, I think that my family, my brother was very supportive because he's been through cancer. Okay. Um, But he lives in New York. But he did fly in for my surgery, and it was his support, his energy was just amazing. But my immediate family didn't know how to help me, didn't know what to say, Mm -hmm. didn't want to know what not to say. So I became angry. And along with anger comes what? Stress. Yes. And when you're stressed, your immunity goes all the way down. You release cortisone, and you are even more susceptible to illness, Mm -hmm. weight gain, everything. So my family, I had to, although I was going through what I was going through, I had to educate them on how to take care of me. And at first I became very angry because I thought, well, you should just know what to do. Mm. You know, when you have a double mastectomy, I mean, people understand this, but I couldn't comb my hair. I couldn't wipe myself, and I couldn't take a bath. And so I just expected them to come over and help me comb my hair. Mm. And so when I had to tell them, and then tell them again, I was like, hey, so after I went through the stages of being angry Mm -hmm. and hurt Mm -hmm. then sad, Mm. then I went to mad, Mm. 
then I told them about themselves. Uh-huh. Then I let it go. Let God let go. So I took it out of my, I went through the stages, mm-hmm. took it out of my system mm-hmm. and said, this is my journey. Mm-hmm. You're either going to come along for the ride and you're going to help me and be a support system or you're out. Mm-hmm. I even told this to my dad. That's heavy. Heavy. That's really heavy. <laughs> you're looking to listen to Professionally Fit here on the Motor City Woman Radio Network. I'm Tanya Griffith, host and clinical therapist for the Limitless Possibilities Talk Show. Join me every other Friday from 6 to 7 on the Motor City Woman Radio Network. This October, you are invited to take part in the State of Michigan's Securing My Financial Future events. Come learn practical tips about retirement planning, credit scores, managing debt, long-term care, and more. And sign up for a free 15-minute financial checkup with a qualified and vetted financial counselor in a strictly no-sales-allowed environment. Visit www.mi.gov forward slash SMFF for more info. That's mi.gov slash SMFF or call 877-999-999. Six four four two. My name is Ray Love, and this is Motor City Woman on the mic. It literally felt like you were trying to sever the heart from my chest. I felt like I was playing a game of checkers while you were playing a game of chess. I was just trying to make you my king while you were using your pawns to steal the queen and me, but no. Even though loving you feels like pain and sorrow incarnate, I'm not so in love to know that this has gone too far. See, I'm worth the healing hands of a master magician to make me feel complete and make me feel whole with a love that feels like raindrops to a dehydrated soul or a love that feels like candy to a child who always has been denied their sweets. And isn't it sweet that even though your love hurt like a knife and you tried to kill everything inside, I'm the one whose faith and hope in love that's still alive. So you didn't break me because you didn't make me. And though you hurt me, you'll never truly deserve me because I'm love and joy incarnate. And my love feels like the best feeling you've ever had in your life. My love feels like resting your feet after a long day at work. See, it doesn't hurt. It's beautiful, pure and holy, breathtaking, but not deadly, soft yet strong. My love could never be wrong because I'm beautiful. Yeah, I'm beautiful. You're beautiful. Don't you know? You're listening to Motor City Woman on the mic. If you're looking for me, you can find me on Facebook. That's Ray Love, R-A-E-L-O-V-E. On Instagram, Ray Love Music. And on SoundCloud, Ray Love. Peace. Stay tuned. You're listening to Motor City Woman Radio. Welcome back, Fit Family. Welcome back to Professionally Fit here on the Motor City Woman Radio Network with Lisa A. Smith, founder of Fit Camp 360, Inc. And I am talking with my good friend, Terry Gibbons, today about her experience with breast cancer. So now we're talking about the support system um, that that you had, Terry, uh, the lack thereof. And you said before we left that you even had to tell your dad kind of about, you had to pretty much coach people about how to support you. And so what were those conversations like? Mm. Well, I, I'll get a little personal. My dad, um, I kind of, you know, I couldn't drive mm-hmm. for a long time, so I kind of let him know that he, he offered to take me out on a date, and uh, he didn't show. And I was looking forward to that date, just like that little girl. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. So I kind of let him know that I didn't appreciate that, and then... It start. It went back to when I was a child. Mm-hmm. So all those feelings, because he stood me up, I went back to being a little girl. So let me tell you, me telling him that mm-hmm. opened up all that crap from mm-hmm. the back, from the childhood, mm-hmm. brought it to the forefront, and now it's a, our relationship is amazing. Not that it was terrible before, right. but now we have a deeper understanding. Yes, and and, and connected. We have this deeper connection, and I just can't explain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so my husband, that's a very difficult thing to talk about, but um, he could not help me mm-hmm. um, because 
was just, he was so caught up in himself and trying to help me the way he knew how to help me. And um, I eventually thought that I could do better, mm-hmm. and I ended up doing better. Okay. So the cancer, you know, part of the reason for you and your husband's separation was the illness and, and the lack of support that he right. showed you. But you know, there's always other things. Of course, but that was probably the icing on the cake. It's just, you, you just, as, as when you get cancer, you say to yourself, wow, I'm, death has fa- had me in the face. Right. You, you think that for just a moment. Right, right. And then you say, wow, I look around at how people are treating me, and you say, hmm, I think I deserve better. Or I need to live my life, or I need to take that trip to Australia, New Zealand. You know, you just start really thinking about life differently. And um, who's in it, who's not, and who's doing you the greatest good. Yeah. Everything, you know, before we wrap up on about support, because I really want to talk a few minutes about specifically Breast Cancer Awareness Month and your your take on it. Um, But, you know, it's so important. I was just telling the client yesterday that everybody in your life should be providing value, you know, and you should be providing value to everyone life who you are in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it sounds like a selfish thing, but you really need to do inventory and decide, you know, person by person, does this individual add value to my life? If your answer is yes, you should be able to articulate articulate what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, a lot of us don't even realize how individuals in our life drain us versus filling us up. Mm-hmm. You know, and remember your family. You you think that you have to deal with them because mm-hmm. they're your family, exactly. But you can still have them on the outer circles. Absolutely. If they're not bringing this good positive energy, especially when you're going through something, yes, you eliminate a lot of people, a lot of friends, everything. Yeah, and then it's 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 what it is, and it's reality. And you you have to clean house because the rule of life, the number one rule of life, is self preservation. So if you are not adding value, especially at a time when I'm going through something this heavy. Then unfortunately, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> okay, Terry. So to wrap up, I, I talked to you a little bit about this offline, but this question came up because I spoke with another young lady, um, a breast cancer survivor, and she was telling me how Breast Cancer Awareness Month for her is not a fun time, to put it lightly. You know, she felt like that it more so exploited the survivors and the family members of survivors, and it was more like a woe is me month, and she just didn't participate much in it. So I wanted to get your take on it, you know, about Breast Cancer Awareness Month and whether or not, because I'm not trying to be funny, but I think we're all aware of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And so is it just more about, raising more money well my take on it is that i don't participate in any of the big foundations walks or um things like that um what are some of the big foundations like carmanos and um susan g yeah okay um there's somewhere you have to raise a certain amount of money to even participate in the walk Mm. i do do the gilda walk Gilda Radner, she has a facility um, in Birmingham. Okay. Um, and that's, you just go and you pay and you just walk. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to raise a certain amount of money. Okay. You have to certain. To be eligible. To be eligible. Got it. Okay. Um, the month doesn't depress me. Um, okay. I embrace it in my own way. Okay. So for me, I might do 30 days vegan. 30 days of yoga. I love it. Okay. Um, I might say I'm going to do one of Oprah's meditations or my own meditation. Okay. Um, I don't feel depressed or, or happy during that month. I just, because of who I am, Mm. I sell it just like my birthday. People say, oh, your birthday's coming up. And I said, my birthday is every day. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do for me, do for me every day. So I do for myself and I give myself what I need every day. Just because it's that month doesn't mean that I do anything. Okay. So it doesn't bother you either way. Um, but you are, you operate on a higher level. Your elevation is much higher than the average person. Right, because I think, you know, you're more tuned in to your feelings, your emotions, your needs, Mm -hmm. um, and what 
what you provide to you know planet earth i think you're just more tuned in yeah. and so those you're able to just rise above right. in a sense okay so you were saying um if somebody in within your opinion if somebody wanted to support you know breast cancer survivors or the families thereof what is the best way to go about that and what are some of the things that they should avoid um you want to support um organizations and and I don't know that many, but there are some that help people pay their bills mm-hmm. during this time mm-hmm. or will buy them a wig. Okay. Or um, there are some organizations. There's the Pink Fund. There's Go Pink. There's a couple of them out there. And normally when you go through a hospital, they kind of know and you can apply for them. Okay. Um, I think that Gilda's House is great because they do counseling year-round, you can go and get in a support group for whatever type of cancer you got, not just breast cancer, okay. ovarian, that kind of thing. Okay. I didn't go through a support group. Mm. Um, I really um, felt that I didn't need it, and but there are some people who feel that they need it. Okay. I just really got into myself and tuned with myself, but I do have to say, exercise and my diet mm-hmm. and my environment really made a world of difference made the biggest difference the biggest difference more than your nine doctors yeah more than your nine doctors and I have to say guys so the way you know I very first met Terry is that she walked into the gym that I was working at at the time and we were shut down from each other and you know we were going through the consultation and I was asking her questions and we kind of got to talking about what her goals were and it was the very first time I had heard anyone say, not that I'm trying to lose weight or I got a wedding coming up or my birthday's coming up, but she specifically said to me, I need to get fit and in shape because I have a surgery coming up and I know the better shape that I'm in going in, the better my recovery. This is huge. This is, th- that was so monumental for me. Listen, guys. Your fitness, your fit level and all that stuff, it does not just determine your aesthetics, what you look like on the outside, but it literally determines whether or not you're ready for whatever battle might come into your path. If you are healthy physically, if you are feeding your body real food that helps you to thrive, you are preparing yourself for whatever life is getting ready to throw at you especially surgeries. You have no idea how much quicker you can recover from a surgery or any procedure if you are healthy going in. Agree. How fast did you recover from your... So you saw me... I've had four surgeries. Um, You saw me after my second surgery. And instead of being down three weeks, Mm -hmm. I was down a week and a half. Mm. Cut it in half. Cut it in half. And I have to say, I don't sit behind the desk. My job is very physical. Right. Physical therapy, right. So I had to prepare, and and I was weak upper body. Mm -hmm. And that's what I needed was for Lisa to get me strong enough to go back to work. But she didn't even get me strong enough to go back to work. She got me strong enough to go back to work, Mm -hmm. lifting kids, and doing yoga. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about. So my mental state was better because I wasn't down as long. Right. I mean, just so mentally going, you knew you had to prepare Mm -hmm. for that fight. We rely so much on doctors to heal us. But you have to already be working on your healing before you go in for the procedure. You have to already be working on your healing before you even get the diagnosis. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. I'm working on my healing right now just by exercising every day, by adhering to a plant-based diet, by adhering to a gallon of water a day, by adhering to meditation, positive thinking, fasting every week. Mm -hmm. I'm working on a healing that I don't even know whether or not I'm going to have to need. Do you know what I'm saying? People do not realize the importance of working on being prepared. Flat out, just stay ready. Hippocrates said what? Let thy food be thy medicine, and thy medicine be thy food. A hundred thousand percent. There is no doubt, guys. Every single morsel 
a food that you put in your body does only one of two things. Either, it either helps to prevent disease and heal you or it aids in disease and illness. Every single thing you eat, every time you eat, you're making a decision whether or not to prevent disease and thrive and be healthy or to aid it and participate in your own self-destruction with your fork. Perry, I love you, man. (laughs) This was so heavy. Every time we talk about this, I'm never not filled up. I'm just so full right now because you're just so transparent with your story, and I love how you always are willing to help, you know, and just tell, tell your story. Like, but you don't wear it on your sleeve. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't let it identify you, but you're like, listen, I'm telling you, lifestyle habits make a difference. Huge difference. It's not going to be scripts. It's not going to be MRIs. It's not going to be diagnosis. It's not going to be a doctor. It's not going to swoop in and save you. You're responsible for your own well-being, guys. And I hope that's what you guys got out of this this evening. We're going to go over really quickly the amazing shows we have coming up today on the Motor City Women Radio Network. But before I do, Terry, I just want to send a mound of gratitude for you coming into the studio today and sharing your story. And I hope our listeners, you know, were able to garner some knowledge and, you know, identify how true healing comes from within. Thank you, Lisa. Yes. It's my pleasure. Always. I love you, man. So, guys, this week on the Motor City Women Radio Network, I'm so excited. We have Professionally Fit, as usual, every Monday at 6.30 p.m. The wonderful Get Fit with Jay will be back with us next week, and we'll have three new amazing topics in fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. Um, this Tuesday, we have Girl Squad Radio with Loonji at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday, we have Diva Knowledge Radio Show with Kendra Speech at 12 noon and Destined for Greatness with Miss Monet, the media diva, at 4 p.m. Thursday, we have Why That's Why with Krista Chambers-Price at 7 p.m. And Friday, Destined for Greatness with Miss Monet, the media diva, again at 4 p.m. And Limited Possibilities Radio Show with Tanya Griffith, also on Fridays at 5.30 p.m. immediately following Miss Monet. And Truth and Life Today show at 7 p.m. on Fridays as well. Saturday, we have the Fuller Woman Radio Show with Cassie. That is a bi-weekly show, so make sure you're tuning in to the Motor City Woman Radio, uh, or excuse me, MotorCityWoman.com to get the latest show updates for when the Fuller Woman Radio Show will be on. And finally, we have Sunday, Girlfriend's Glass House Empowerment Radio with Minito Reeser at 2 p.m. and Changing the Conversation. Excuse me, changing the conversation with Shakira Ellis at 3 p.m. So all week we are always bringing you guys mounds of inspiration and motivation for all you beautiful women out there. I want to leave you with a few words this evening. Yesterday, celebrating my birthday, being surrounded by loved ones and just full of so much gratitude for all the beautiful businesses and black-owned businesses that opened up our space to us and accommodated us, you know, even outside of the realm of their regular business hours or, you know, their regular programming, everyone accommodated us. And I was just so filled up with gratitude. And Miss Get Fit with Jay, of course, reminded me, you know, very early in the day, because I was about to start crying after our yoga class. I was just so happy. And so, and she just reminded me that literally the energy that you put out dictates, you know, what you get back. And, you know, I work hard every day. I work hard every minute to ensure that I'm constantly adding value to my community. I'm constantly adding value to my family's lives. I'm constantly adding value to my friends' lives. And um, and that, that all came to fruition yesterday and celebrating my birthday. And I just want to tell you guys that no matter what, always operate with integrity. Always operate, you know, from a place of service. Absolutely in whatever you do, you know, any and everything that you do, make sure you ask yourself, you know, why am I doing this? You know, is it for personal gain or is it because I'm truly trying to change or help someone else be great? and be phenomenal. And again, the number one rule of life is self-preservation. Absolutely. So as we pour into others day in and day out, be sure you're pouring into yourself 
first is that's exercise, that's clean eating, you know, that's meditation, that's prayer, that's self-development, that's reading, that's affirmations and visualizations. Make sure you're always pouring into yourself. That way you always have more to give. I will see you or hear from you back here next week, Monday, 6.30 p.m. for myself and get food.